What's happening, party people? So, uh, I got down to Blues Gym for the first time in a little while today. And, uh, by lucky happenstance, my, uh, good friend and karate teacher, Sensei Neil Dickinson, was there. Uh, we, we, we punched each other, we kicked each other, we put each other in a series of compromising and painful joint locks, and then, uh, just started talking afterwards and um you know the, the conversation was getting interesting and i'm like you know this is really good i'm like how much how long are you gonna be here and he's like i don't know i got time what are you thinking i'm like you want to do a podcast he's like you can do that i say yeah well you got i got it all on my phone i just gotta hit this button and then we can just we'll get rolling and then it's a podcast and he's like all right yeah sure let's do it and uh this is what transpired and uh, a lot of really cool interesting subjects we got into there so uh, yeah, this is Neil Dickinson. Enjoy. So yeah, I just hit the record button and then this thing's going and it'll catch everything we're saying and now we're doing a podcast. We're on now? Is it, are we live? We're live. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Neil. So, <laughs> so we're talking, uh, you, what are we doing? Am I taking over? Are you doing it? I mean, we, you, know, you can keep going on what we were talking about. We were talking about, about uh, martial arts and violence. Psychology of fighting, and I was discussing Peyton Quinn, who's a bouncer in England, thousands of fights under his under his belt, and uh, he's a big advocate of strike first in a self-defense real-world situation. There is a saying in karate, Japanese karate, uh, if I recall right, ken no sen. Mm-hmm. Um, ken no sen, it, uh, loosely translated, is there is no first strike. In karate, mm-hmm. karate is only to be defensive, um, which is like Boy Scout. Right, right. We're like all a moral be, high ground. Yeah, we're all going to be moral here. We're all going to be good guys. And, it, you know, it sounds good. It sounds well. I'd like to think that when American troops go to war, we follow the Geneva Convention. And it all, and for the most part, we do. But let's get real. What is, what's polite about shooting somebody with an M60 machine gun? as opposed to blowing up with a hand grenade or, you know, mm-hmm. raping them with a chainsaw. Either Right, <laughs> anything. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's degrees of violence, and so uh, I think that statement of there's no first strike is, is arguing from a morality point of view, not so much from a practical point of view. And um, one of the reasons I was influenced by Peyton Quinn is because I've been in, in violent situations as a young man, saw multiple, multiple dozens of street fights and violent altercations. Mm -hmm. Watched more of them than I participated in. Um, I was like everyone else. I didn't want to get hit. Right. You know, but you learn a lot watching. And uh, people aren't fair. People aren't nice. There is no referee um, to break it up, especially the fewer people there are and the more drunk and drugs and ego and women and all those things are involved. Men get pretty rude really quick. So on all that, I was thinking this morning about Peyton Quinn. On and like, uh, I thought if fighting comes down to three key principles, it's time, time, distance, and strategy. Mm. Time, distance, and strategy. So the first one, time. Combat, fighting is such a big umbrella. There's so many factors to it. How much time was I given to prepare for the fight? Mm-hmm. If you tell me um, you're going to be fighting for your life, 
You're representing planet Earth. Mars is sending their champion. We've picked you, Neil. Right, right. You have a, a year to prepare. By the way, that's the gist of the new uh, Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, really? That is exactly the plot. <laughs> of course it is. He's a Brazilian. Sounds, I haven't heard of this, but yeah, it sounds like a Nicolas literally, Cage movie. Literally, <laughs> he's a BJJ master, and, and he's going to be fighting a alien champion like From Mars yeah wherever you know that's fantastic so you know time oh I've got a year well I have a year to prepare uh, doesn't mean I'll win but but you could do a lot of preparation in a year um, you get your film on this Martian yeah yeah you're walking you get out of your car and you're getting ready to walk into your home or the market or fill in the blank and as you're getting out of your car, you're, you know, that, that awkward moment where one leg is out and your head's kind of out of the door, and all of a sudden someone slams the door on your head. Well, you didn't have any much timing. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the timing that you had was when you were taking damage. That's when you found out you're in a fight. Well, that's a right. world of difference from a world of a year of preparation. If we're talking uh, sport fighting, so time is of high value to prepare yourself for the bout that's coming. A lot of fighters waste their time. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not getting it back. That second will never come back. So you have to be very smart, very intelligent in your, in your preparation. So more on time. Time in combat, time in fighting. Uh, this is from... Uh, uh, there's a book called Meditations on Violence written by Jim, um, I can't remember his name, it'll come to me. Every martial artist should own it. Mm -hmm. Meditations on Violence, a study on real world violence versus what is taught in most dojos, mm. most traditional martial arts dojos in North America or worldwide. And right. uh, this dude was a, 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 a sergeant in a high maximum prison. I think in Seattle or something like that, somewhere northwest. Okay. And so for like 15, 17 years, every day going to work for him, he had five violent fights a day on average with murderers. Oh, yeah. Guys that get paid by the state to lift weights and get <laughs> jacked up and they're just mad. Right. And so his understanding of violence and who is he fighting? Ambushers, felons, evil, pirate, barbarous People, they cheat, they lie, they ambush. Mm -hmm. And so his thoughts on that carried a lot more weight to me than a, 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 a black belt in a, a perfectly clean studio who has memorized patterns in the air, but they've never had a bloody nose fight in their life. Right. They're like virgins discussing sex, right, to quote right. the author of this book. It's all theory. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny when I teach people defense against the knife. I've never had a knife pulled on me. I've never been in a knife fight. What can I possibly know mm -hmm. about knife fighting? So if I'm really honest, I'm, I'm speaking in the air. I'm yeah. just mimicking things of people that told me, who someone told them, who someone told them. You have to go a long way back in human history before we find a culture where knife and sword fighting was prevalent, where people right. were experts that really knew what they were talking about. So we're all guessing. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you know, a black belt thinks he knows some things about knife fighting. It's probably totally at the mercy of some kid who's grown up using a knife in the gut or a switchblade. Oh, for you sure. Know, he knows what's up. He's been doing that his whole life. Sure. So kind of going back to violence, timing, distance, and strategy. You know, a lot of guys, if you're preparing for mutual combat, sport arts, timing is super important to 
prepare for the yeah. contest that's going to happen to weaponize your body, to get your nutrition right, and all those things. But there's other aspects to Take it, weight. too. Weight, gain, all the you know, nutrition, skill set, yeah. lots mentality. Of Lots of fighters, they, they won't even take fights on less than like a couple weeks' notice or anything. Which because is like a, an eternity for somebody, like you versus, you know, be, like you said, being attacked in an alley, you know. No, oh, oh, in other words, you're saying a fighter, unless he has more than a couple weeks, he won't take the fight. Right. Like some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, they just won't take fights on short notice. Like, oh, I'm not fighting that guy with only two weeks to prepare. No, you're out of your mind. Well, like, and oh. that, I think that's where all the experts, like, uh, hats off to all these studs in the USC. Anderson's done it at least twice, right? Oh, where yeah. he stepped in once for yeah, he sure. Fought, he fought Daniel Cormier one time on short notice. Short notice. I Bisping's done it, stepped up. Yep. And I think he took the title. Is that when he got it from Luke Rockhold? I think he was a stand. Yeah, that minute. was that was yeah. He was that was a rematch against Rockhold, but he came in. Yeah, I think on like a week or two weeks notice. Yeah, like so that. there are these things where it, it <laughs> I pays love that. off. You know, that was my favorite pre-fight interview when Luke Rockhold was like, you know, if you conceive and believe in your mind, and he goes, conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you sound like every self-help book out there. And and you know, and now someone listening to this will go, well, you just contradicted everything you said. These guys had a couple of weeks notice and they won. Okay, but what were they doing before they got that notice? They were in the gym training. Mm -hmm. They were using their time for what we said, what if that fight happens with no warning? You were prepared. Right. So in this case, they got the phone call, the warning. So more on timing and preparation, the three aspects of fighting is, if, and this is from the book Meditations on Violence, I believe, if I get a phone call on Monday that I have to fight Mike Tyson on Friday, mm-hmm. On paper, in reality, that I mean the real living Mike Tyson, I'm going to get murdered on Friday. I probably don't have a chance. I was like, well, 2018 Mike Tyson or like 1990s Oh, gee, Tyson? I've seen him lately. I think I'm still screwed either way, he you said, know? He said he doesn't even train anymore. Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of, <laughs> still, a lot still, of experience like, in those hands, man. <laughs> he said he, uh, yeah, he was on Rogan. He was talking about he doesn't, uh, like, he, like, he just doesn't even train boxing anymore. He's like, ah, it brings out a side he's of like me that I, don't, I don't like anymore. He's just a softy. Mr. He, he, Mr. Like, started, he's like, He's like, I started hitting the bag the other week. Freak myself right the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, I said, because what happens is that ugly comes back. Mm-hmm. He, he, they only taught him how to be a killer. They, the, his trainer didn't live long enough to sh- teach him how to turn it off. That's yeah, one of the things yeah. he said. I, heard, I know you heard that. But on the, on the point of timing, if I know I'm going to fight him Friday, and, you know, uh, 18-year-old Mike Tyson, I don't have a chance. So what's my only chance? Well, you've given me timing. You've given me warning. I know for a, so timing, distance, strategy. Okay, I have enough time to prepare. Mm-hmm. I've thought about it. I know that if I get in that ring and I fight where his distance favors him, I die. Mm-hmm. Ergo, strategy says I ambush him Wednesday when he's not looking <laughs> right. from a distance that works for me. I win the fight. Mike Tyson's dead. Neil, Neil's okay. <laughs> so that would be the difference between sport fighting and real fighting, life and death. Right. Timing, distance, strategy. The more, the more time that I have to prepare, the better I can manage the distance. The better I can control the damage I'm taking. The more time I have to develop strategy, how to protect myself. The more time I'll have strategy is how to devastate my opponent to develop it. In the ring, in sport combat, um, we change the word time to timing, mm-hmm. but it's still an element. They're beats in space. They're moments that don't come back. 
And so timing married to distance plus strategy, that's where that experienced intelligent fighter is going to come out every time. You're using the timing of the movement. You're controlling the distance with your opponent. You're reading their movements. You're reading their, what they're telegraphing. And the, your computer brain does the math trajectory, and in a nanosecond, you realize when he does that again, I'm going to intercept that moment with perfect timing, close mm -hmm. the distance, and whack this guy, whack-a-mole with this strategic idea that I've had. In, a, in an ambush, the scenario we're getting out of the car and you're getting stomped on as you're halfway out, well, you don't have a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm. You certainly don't have a lot of distance. You're right there in the car. So I don't have time to get out, warm up, do the splits, do a couple sit-ups, stretch my hamstrings, and then, hey, can we go in the middle of the parking lot so I can do my really cool karate 360 kicks, you know? Right. Can, will you let me do that guy? It's never going to happen. You know, a predator, a, a professional, or a psychotic criminal, they, they, they picked you exactly like a tiger hunting in the woods. That You were not prepared. They totally ambushed you. And you get jacked. And that, that can happen to Bruce Lee or Mike Tyson or anyone, the baddest guy in the world, if he doesn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. He's done. So I just like to think about these things in, in real-world scenarios or even in the ring. You know, how can I use these strategies and just to understand the reality of what it is? How can I use time, timing? How can I manage distance? There are guys that are a part of this gym that will tear me apart. And in probably most of the fighters here would wreck me. Um, they're, they're, I smoke, I'm old, I'm not as strong mm -hmm. as I used to be. So the only things that I have that will work for me is uh, making sure my techniques are, are real and yeah. pure and managing how close do I yet get, let this young man get to me? How much, um, how much time am I gonna give this young man to figure me out, to mm -hmm. learn my tricks? So the more of those things that I can control and the more of those things I can take away from that guy, that's where wisdom, that's where strategy, that's where skill beats athleticism. That's where skill and wisdom beats speed. You know, they say look out for the, you know, the old tiger with the broken tooth, you know, that has dirty tricks. Mm -hmm. And really, what is a dirty trick? It's I'm intercepting the moment. I'm mastering the distance, and I'm surprising you with the strategic thing that you didn't see coming. And um, you know the same exact tactics that we would employ if we were Navy SEALs, direct action Navy SEALs, hitting a hard target or a moving target. You know all these elements of uh, of kill zones, picking your shots, um, being prepared, um, checking your your go bag, your list before you ever take off on the mission. These all directly. All martial art, all combat, all physical engagement, there is a universality to it that directly ties into the gym. And it's what I call, you know, timing, distance, strategy. Are you putting the time in? Are you mastering the time when you're here? Are you being smart with your time? When you're working the bag, are you working techniques from long range, medium range, short range, or do you only have just one range, brawl range, you know? Are you a one-dimensional fighter or have you created it? so many techniques that you can fight in all five ranges of distance. You can kick, you can punch, you can trap, you can grapple. Not just one discipline, all disciplines. You know, and then you have the strategies. You know, 
What would I do if I was in a, a, a challenge match? What would I do if I got uh, attacked and I had no warning and the first inclination I had that I'm taking damage? You know, questions like that. Well, clearly I'm still alive because I'm aware I'm taking damage. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're training in the gym, you're training in the dojo, if it's been serious, if it's being realistic, um, you know, you know the minute, you ever uh, notice when you, you, you scare somebody on film or a little baby, they go, ah! And our mm -hmm. hands go right up to the middle of our chest. They kind of reach towards our, our, our face and our throat. Right. And they, they come in tight over our vitals. They come in, oh, we, we cover our lungs, our heart, mm -hmm. and we go up towards our face. This is DNA genotic ketting all the way back to hunter-predator days when we were walking down the trail and that tiger jumps out of the tree on you, what's it do? It's going for the neck. Mm -hmm. Things, you know, it's a snake swallows you head first, you know, all this stuff. Um, um, animals know to look at the eyes, go for the throat, go for the vitals. So we, uh, we cover up. So when we're surprised in a surprise attack in the street, in our car, in our home, if our train is right, our fear is naturally going to be, oh, our hands already come up to protect our vitals, but I'm taking damage, so my hands are coming to protect me mm -hmm. from that damage. And then from this position, if we just move just a little bit, all of a sudden, warm arm out, the other arm down, I'm in my on guard. I'm in my fighting position. And so what you'll see in karate, uh, all the poses is a shuto no kamai. You know, the, the knife hand out on the one hand here. Mm -hmm. and, ah, react. Right. So that's what this is. So if we, if I'm doing my kata on the floor and I'm dancing alone and I'm practicing my shuto no komai millions of times, but I've never put it into context, why am I doing this? Because I'm in my hallway, in my house, and as I pass that door out of the side bedroom, I've just been attacked and I have to react and cover myself and get that person off of me. And that shuto no komai is grabbing, protecting, some hands on me, wrapping, and mm -hmm. we go to it instinctively. And if you're not training in such a way that your, your movements in the gym reflect those defensive movements that you would do instinctively when you're taking damage, you will not be able to respond and answer back with damage. Strategy, so you get, if you get in a fight in the ring and you've done your time right, you've prepared, you've mastered the levels of violence that you can dish out in the five fighting ranges, kicking, punching, trapping, grappling. You, you, you've done your timing, you've done your preparation with distance. Well, now you have the luxury to enact strategy with it and you can put it to work. Okay, I'm gonna work my leg kick, I'm gonna work his front leg off, then when he starts limping, I see he can't put balance on it, then I'm gonna start shooting my hands in, mm -hmm. you know, bringing his hands up, getting open that leg up more, and maybe once I tooled that leg up, maybe seven, eight really good whacks, you know, then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna just, do the fake kick low and then kick them high and see what happens. You know, so guys will have maybe four or five, I, I, I've never been an exceptional fighter, maybe half a dozen to a dozen stratagems mm -hmm. of things that they're going to take into the ring and they're going to work. We'll see this, we'll see that. You know, I notice when the guy throws his hand, you know, he lags the other one a little low, all right, so I'm going to wheeze over that hand and I'm going to bring an uppercut right over that, you know, an overhand right, right over that. And so you'll have, you'll see the coaches, all right, when he does this, he's dropping his shoulder, drop the overhand over it. Trust me, just do it, just do it. Because when you're the guy doing it, you can't you see what's see going on. Yeah. You're in the blur of the rage of the moment. And so again, Good timing and distance that, and strategy, yeah. your coach can see what you can't. Just like a general at war, 
And so you have to listen to the commands of the general. They say every battle is won in the general's tent the night before the battle ever mm -hmm. begins. Timing, distance, strategy, having the time to put things, things together. If you get attacked in the real world, and the first time, you, as we've said, you know you're in a fight is when you're taking damage. Well, your strategy before that, you had to have done the preparation to create distance. You have to get space. You have to get room. So in the case of the car, it probably wouldn't be intelligent for me to continue to try to get out of the car mm -hmm. and get damaged more. Maybe a good stratagem is to close your damn car door, get back in and lock it. <laughs> right. you know, drive one. away, <laughs> run him over with your car. Right. You know, whatever that would be. And so it, it sounds silly, but I wonder how many karate schools have ever in their life. Let's everyone put our tennis shoes on and go out to the car. Mm -hmm. And tonight we're going to do karate in the car, getting mm -hmm. in and out of the car. How many techniques that we do in the dojo four go completely out the window, they're never going to work. It's never going to work. Right. But we spend how much of our life in a car? You get carjacked, you get kidnapped, you get whatever. Mm -hmm. How often have you ever taken your whole karate class and you say, okay, we're all going to train tonight in the entryway to the school? Right. Three people at a time, because that's where you get attacked, coming in and out of doors. That's where you get ambushed. You yeah. get attacked at your front door. You get attacked in your garage. You get attacked in your kitchen. Um, yeah, we were. They, they, they emphasized that a lot when, in my karate class when I was younger. Was foresight and prevention was a big thing. He said, uh, my teacher. He, so you uh, have four seconds to decide. I'm in trouble. Do something. Uh, as foresight. Oh, foresight. foresight. Okay. So like planning ahead. Like he, he said, uh, I. He's like, I get people coming up to me all the time, like, okay, Kurt, so what do you do if you're in a dark alley and someone comes up to you and like, whoa, 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 why are you in a dark alley? Why was I there? What yeah. were you doing? Like, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, it, like, so it, it's just, uh, yeah, like you said, just planning. And, like, uh, you know, he would give, we never actually went to the car, but he did give examples like that. Like, uh, you know, someone was just coming back out to their car, like, she was like a black belt and everything, and, like, uh, someone had a pipe, was laying under it, and took her out at the ankles. Yeah, you can't plan Very for that. effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the, those things are out there. I uh, so I don't. I don't really. I'm, I don't have a whole lot to say beyond that. That was my meditation this morning. You know, timing, distance, strategy, and how that is really um, encompassing. Uh, uh, just a philosophy of seriousness and where to begin. It's such a. It's such a broad universe, this subject of fighting. There's so many styles, there's so many systems, there's so many theories, there's so many different body types. Um, you can really obviously spend a lifetime mastering just one aspect of it. But at the same time, everyone is universal. Two arms, two legs, one head. Mm -hmm. Gravity is the same for everybody. Uh, for the most part, Every single human body moves the same way. So there is a certain um, elemental continuity, sameness, mm -hmm. uh, among all styles. Um, clearly a short, little, rotund man, the stereotypical, uh, the dwarf, yeah, Gimli. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why would you teach Gimli jumping, spinning round, wushu kicks? That's, you know, show right. that to Stuck. the elf, <laughs> you know. Dangerously fast sprinters. Yeah. I'm going to teach Gimli uh, go for the legs, takedowns, wrestle, mm -hmm. short power moves. And so that's another thing, you know, switching gears, a lot of martial arts. Um, 
sometimes you know, go back and do some, you know, they kind of move funny. That's kind of a weird technique. Why would they do that? Well, go back and look at the founder. Mm-hmm. Was it a big, tall guy? You know, oh, man, that's a great system for kicking and wrapping. Um, you know, if you got super long legs, super long arms, man, there's a lot of stuff for Brazilian jiu-jitsu that's going to be great for you, man. You can lock that triangle choke on a lot easier mm-hmm. than Gimli. You don't have any legs to wrap around, you know what I mean? John Joseph's right, got right. those long legs, you know, tuck, tuck, done. Mm-hmm. You know, you got 100 pounds of flesh hanging off of you that, uh, kicking, so on and so forth. So, yeah. yeah. Thoughts, questions, comments? No, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was thinking about that. Like the, I, I was kind of like sticking on the point of what you said, uh, you know, you're, you know, some of the younger guys in here could probably take you out like if you're given enough time but like you just, if you don't give away uh like if you don't give away everything if you, the element of surprise is kind of what stuck out to me yeah that's like the like you were saying with the um what was the name of that book you were talking about meditations on violence yes or no the one that out front the one you were showing me yeah right before um we were talking about the how these uh, the galls are I don't have my glasses up. battle strategy oh, battle studies battle studies do do pick yeah, it's French. Dupuy, I don't know. P-I-C-Q, however you say that. And this was, uh, maybe if you read that front there. Battle Studies, Ancient and Modern Battle by Colonel Ardant Dupic, French Army, translated from the 8th edition, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but yeah, still picture that up is there. an excellent, excellent mustache on that, man. Yeah, man, he had it. You guys listening can't see this, but he's got a widow's peak and like a... Nietzsche level, and I think that's a, like a soul patch with it too. Yeah, like 1860s, 1870s. Glorious. <laughs> he, uh, his last battle in action, uh, uh, his troops were maneuvering on the, uh, the Prussians, and uh, they were coming under a, a, a terrible cannonade fire. Mm-hmm. And so um, they were in mass moving when they got. Uh, on the opposite valley on the top of a, a hill, overlooking the opposite valley on the top of the hill, a German uh, Prussian cavalry unit with two cannon were able to, to seize that hill that they had just come from that direction, came around behind them, and the two battery opened up on the exposed troops on the opposite side of the valley going up the hill. And uh, the NCOs and captains, including the colonel, immediately began making orders for his men go over the top of the hill crest and get to the bottom other side lay down so they could avoid the cannon fire but as that was going on to keep his men in good order he stood in the middle of the road calmly giving orders and uh, shortly after that began a cannon shell blew up in the air about eight feet from him mm-hmm. and uh, it immediately wiped out uh, several people all around him and the command staff it blew his left leg right off it tore a massive gash inside the thigh of his right leg and I believe a bunch of shrapnel on his side so he was mangled as hell mm-hmm. and uh, as they uh, talk about coolness under fire he never uttered a sound uh, he would spoke but he never mm-hmm. uttered a, a word when they finally got the surgeons to him to talk uh, he motioned to his right leg and said here doctor right here is where you'll have to k- make the cut meaning cut it right Clean off, you know, yeah. in the middle of the high thigh and uh, because he was in the dirt and the nature of it said it's not we can't do it here we're going to have to move you and um, mangled leg, they pick him up in the blanket. He never utters a sound, doesn't do. 
And as they were picking him up to move him, stoically, he didn't say a sound, a young lad trooper uh, began to moan loudly whose shoulder was destroyed. And he immediately said, put me down and see to that soldier first before me. He's far worse hurt. So he laid there for another 20 minutes as they attended. I don't remember if that guy died or whatever. Then they pick him up. So long story short, they finally get him to a hospital. They take the leg. And uh, he did die. He died in the hospital. And his last words were, uh, uh, he died shortly after this action. Mm-hmm. His last words were, uh, uh, my wife, my country, my battalion. My wife, my country, my battalion, adieu. Kept repeating it over and over until he died. So yeah, story. so we looked at the book, we looked at the picture. What mm-hmm. were you going to say on when you said the book? Oh yeah, the book. Um, yeah, just speaking to that, like elements like like the barbarians, like you know, all these other guys. They had like you know similar to how you know somebody in a studio has all the forms and the preparation of prep. But it's just like the like the sudden like the ferocity and like the unexpected that can like throw somebody off so quickly like that's why yeah. that's part of why like I like I thought to myself like I was thinking to myself like, at, like after training with you like telling other people about you like so who's this Neil guy I'm like Neil could probably kill anyone in any given room <laughs> <laughs> thank you I think that's a compliment I don't just, know <laughs> no it's definitely a compliment like just because like like not like not necessarily because like you're like the like the most you're, you're like you're like the biggest like scariest or anything or even you know, so like, but I just think you'd be the first to go dark. <laughs> the well, that's it. it. Like that's yeah, the, yeah. I, like, you, like you'll take it like to the most extreme faster than the other person would, and that's like the, that's the, like the timing. That's the difference. That yeah, will, that's the life or death. Well, and I think too, you know, at fifty four, I've I've had enough surprises against young kids and and uh, uh, young guns in studios all over America. I put my style of karate up against uh, most every major system in America. Um, consistently, I, I will say unashamedly, the one style that consistently destroys me rapidly, mm-hmm. unequivocally, is what? I'm trying to think, like, what's, like, what's a good... <laughs> but, but, like what was it? I'm like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah, Jedi's. I hate it. <laughs> Takes everything away. Grab my leg. I'm on the ground. I'm getting choked out. I mean, a good BJJ man. I'm no. I have the, a a great grappler, a wrestler, jiu-jitsu man. I think it's the highest form of combat, and I think it That's most true. resembles, and and I think it's the most humane. It gives the most options. It uh, it sounds cool to say. Well, I choked him. All right, so we got cut off for a second there, but we were talking about things we love about BJJ, and that's what I, I was going to add something there. Like you said, it's the most like um, it like one is the most humane. Like you can actually like maintain control over somebody without hurting them. Which like I'm a nice guy. Like I'm not trying to like bludgeon somebody just because they're having a bad day. You know, maybe like I don't know your life. I don't know why you're mugging me or whatever. Maybe you really need the money, but like. Yeah, you know, you think walking, you know, a lot of the homeless people downtown, you know, a lot of them are, are loud and obnoxious, many aren't. And mm-hmm. that one in a hundred that's absolutely schizo nutso and goes after you, well, I have far more compassion for that man or woman than I do fear. Oh, for sure. Or a desire to hurt them. And I like the idea of being able to control and manipulate and, you know, even, you know, you you put someone in the, uh, in your guard, classic Gracie guard, real rat tight, your arm around them, you know, and their head close. And uh, assuming you have the strength, 
you know, you could you could keep in that position for 40 minutes to an hour until the police oh, yeah. showed up. You might get a little it's scuffed up, but no, everyone went home alive. No one got hurt. You didn't kill them. You didn't break your hand. Like in karate, you didn't break your toe. Right. Um, it's just for one-on-one, um, um, and it's not to death, uh, multiple opponents, yeah. It's, right. It's a superior superior uh, system. Yeah, because if, if you pull guard and he's got friends, they'll start kicking you in the head, and that's not as fun. But I, I, I agree there. And also, it's uh, um, we were talking about, like, like animals and predators or whatever, like how you know, they each have... They give signals. They, like, we're, like we're, they give signals, and, like, we're animals. And I think that um, BJJ most resembles, like, what I see, like, naturally recurring in the animal kingdom. is like, like you said, they'll go for... They take you down and then go for the throat. That's like the fundamental aspect. Like if you had to break it down, like in one sentence, that's basically the the goal is to take the back, take them down, and break their base, and then yeah, like you know, choke them out. Well, we even see that in humans, and you know, you go spend twenty minutes on YouTube on what are those bully beatdown or whatever mm-hmm. they are. What was the King of the knockouts? What am I thinking of? I don't know. Uh, you know, there's lots of them. World Star. World Star. Yeah, <laughs> that World yeah. Star. Hit World, Star, knockout World videos. Star. Yeah. World Star. <laughs> and so you know, if you look at a lot of these, everyone, in, whether whether in, in rage or uh, uh, mutual fighting, we're headhunters. Mm-hmm. We go, we go right for the face, right for the and and um, and then if we roll back a little farther back when people were doing it for the death, well, that head punch is the throat punch, the eye gouge, gab, and mm-hmm. we, we, it's in our DNA to do that. Uh, and so a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of scenario training that I like to do with guys, I, I'm huge on uh, uh, drilling, drill, mm-hmm. drill, 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 drill. I, I don't know how many drills I've memorized. I probably have 100 to 200 drills. That would be an interesting thing to just write down in a book, every two-man drill that I know. And that, that would be an interesting curriculum. Yeah. So anyways, I digress. So, yeah, that book that we were talking about, what I found fascinating in it is a Roman legion. It was talking about the discipline of the Roman legion. The Romans, by nature, were smaller than the German barbarians they fought. They were frightened of them. But discipline, the discipline of maintaining the battle line, the discipline of trusting your equipment, they had superior weapons, they had superior tactics. Uh, they more often than not would win. And it kind of comes back full circle. You know, the Roman legion were masters of preparation timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were masters of distance. Mm-hmm. When we think of a Roman legion with their, we can see the pictures in the movies with the lines, shield to shield and multiple lines. Yeah, 300 style. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. 300 style. They would... Uh, they would what they would do is the distance and timing and strategy it really comes into play there because your first rank of men to attack the enemy they were they were the youngest mm-hmm. they were the strongest the in theory the fastest the best and least experienced right right uh, in 20 minutes they will be experienced but right now right, they're not right. and then four or five ranks behind them were the old guys like me the war dogs that have been around expert fencemen, seasoned guys, very skilled. And what and the strategy was such that these young, inexperienced legionnaires, that first line would shock the people against them. It'd smack you with the shield and then cut down uh, the next person. The man right behind him 
was standing two paces, two steps, and he was protecting the guy in front of him in case anyone got behind him or beside him, and he would cut down the person that would try to penetrate the rank of the Roman legion, but protect mm -hmm. the back and flank of the man in front of him. And then what would, you're hacking away with armor and sword and shield that's hot out, maybe mm -hmm. winter out, very seldom fought at night. And um, the best man, Caesar, Caesar said in his writing, Caesar's Gaelic Wars, the best man could only last a maximum of two to two and a half minutes. Yeah. You know, and you're watching the movies, that guy that fights, you know, nonstop, mm -hmm. you know, 100 guys in a row. No, That's man. <laughs> you can only go five minutes in UFC and you get a one minute break. Right, right. You know, so two well, and a half. No breaks in this Yeah, two, there's, there's no break on the die. battlefield. So that front guy, he would go for two, two and a half minutes and then a whistle would blow. Mm. Uh, or you could kind of like tap out in WW wrestling and he would go and the guy behind him would immediately rush in and take his place. Or if the guy in front of you got cut down, mortally step wounded or killed, that he would just step up and fill his thing. And so you would go through five ranks of dead legionnaires before, or tired, worn out legionnaires before that fifth rank of the real killers yeah, yeah. ever even met you. And what would happen is nine out of ten times is these people are being cut down by the Roman ranks. You're, you're watching your friends, your family, your cousins get cut down man after man after man until eventually next, your turn. And this is happening in the space of 30 seconds, 10 seconds. You know, we see how fast a fight happens in the ring. Clash, 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 cut next. Clash, 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 cut next. Ah, screaming blood. Mm -hmm. You guys are shitting their pants. And uh, the human will of the heart of most people is such that no one can stand in this factory of death. You turn and you run. Mm -hmm. And so when we see in the movies, very, very often 10,000 Romans could easily defeat 30, 40, 50, 60,000 enemy and kill half of them and maybe only lose one or two troops. And we think, how is that possible? Because if you think about it, if I have 5,000 guys total mm -hmm. and you have 50,000 guys total, but I fight you in a valley where I'm going to put 1,000 um, of my guys up front. Mm -hmm. You can only face me with a thousand of your guys. Right, standing side by side. That's it. That's, so we'll only have a thousand fighting at a time. And if my thousand guys do their timing better, and they do their distance better, and their strategy is better, they're going to wade 20 ranks deep mm -hmm. into yours, and I haven't even lost a guy yet. Okay, now I'm the next. And so... It's, you can see how the math works, the, the, the tactics, the distance, the strategy. And so if I'm in that 50,000 rank and I've just watched 5,000 of my buddies, there's a mountain of dead in front of me and that same killing, cutting machine is cutting at me, we're just not wired in such a way that we can take that. You turn around, you run. But run where? Right. There's 40,000 guys behind me. I can't exactly. go anywhere. So now I'm getting cut down. And, just, and so this is how the Roman and what you would see in these ancient battles that often it would just be total and complete slaughter and very, very few dead on the winning side. Mm -hmm. Whatever side lost, it was bad. And then the cavalry would chase them down and... Uh, 
you know, just slaughter, just slaughtering a given. And so I, I don't know, I think about these things, you know, what can I extrapolate from roaming combat into an MMA gym or a karate gym? I don't know. <laughs> but probably I need to be in shape. Right. I, That's I, always good. Stamina. I probably um, should focus more on what looks good and spend a lot more time on where can I, where are vitals? Where are mm-hmm. things that I can, uh, not so much what's allowed in the cage for rules, but what you said, Neil's the guy that's going to go dirty fast. Right, right. Yeah, you know, uh, why, why have a boxing match when I can just break your big toe really fast and you're hopping around? It's really right. easy. You know, and so somewhere in that is the moral of the story, and on that, I think I'm going to head home. All right. I don't know. It sounds it's like fun. a good place. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about that sometime soon. It's the best, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, on that, before you hang on, I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know a little of my background. I was a minister for many years and uh, uh, left that. But I've always been a lifelong martial artist, and a lot of people have asked me, how can you, you know, be a follower of Christ or a peaceful person but so obsessed with violence and martial arts and war? And I don't know when I was. I was a small child when I, I knew this instinctively, I was much older when I could explain it. But to me, there are few things more true and real, spiritual. There is nothing of greater consequence than the contest of men and war. Nothing. There's nothing on earth. Few things on earth mm-hmm. can put, can squeeze a human to the ultimate of what they're capable of. Then. The, the, the Herculean efforts to win a battle of right. life and death and struggle. And when you read about the warriors and the soldiers of old, the heroes of old, whether they did it through arms or genius or inventions, I'm amazed at um, that compression of combat brings out the absolute best and worst in people. Mm-hmm. And we know um, brothers in arms will say, I, I have a mother, I have a father, a wife, and kids, but I've never been closer in love and relationship than the men that I went to war with. Something happens in that factory of madness of life and death when you absolutely sold your soul to the guy on your right and the guy on your left that you know they have your back. You have theirs. You know, you read these stories of Medal of Honor, these guys that nine out of ten times they would die and the act of bravery that got them their medal. But those that live, what you find more often than not, they'll describe it, I wasn't thinking. Right. I just was acting. Or um, I was so mad, I didn't care if I could live or die. Mm-hmm. And so what we see in that, we come back full circle, timing, distance, strategy. In the moment, and in the moment in time he was in, all my buddies are dying, if someone doesn't act right now, we all die. I'm scared to shit. I don't want to die. I'm terrified. I have to close the distance with the enemy, and with whether my, my weapons or hand-to-hand, whatever it is. And then the strategy, as they do that, goes back to their training. You know, they're firing weapons, they're throwing grenades, they're zigzagging, they're taking concealment and cover with no thought. Right. No thought. You the better you use your time mm-hmm. before the fight, the better you'll be able to manage distance between yourself and your enemy, and the better you'll be able to instinctively use strategy, cover, concealment, angle, flanks, mm-hmm. aiming, uh, explosive versus projectile versus whatever. And so I love war because it, 
it shows at the same time the absolute uh, beauty and love and majesty of man with the 180 degree cruelty and devilishness and mm -hmm. the barbarity that we're capable of. It's like and both it, extremes just sort of encapsulated. Yin and yang. Yeah. Love and hate. You know, peace and war. Night and dark. It is. It's. It, there's something to be said for these things. And so for me, by studying the darkness, by studying the depravity of man, it shows me the light of man. It shows me the good of man. And right. so because I am aware, to a certain degree, experientially, more so intellectually, of how horrible of a monster we can be as a martial artist, I know what I'm capable of doing to a human being. It really gives me a lot more patience. Mm -hmm. It gives me the ability to check myself, to check my ego. Um, there's been a few times in my adult life where at work things got heated and I had times that you could have yeah and so as I was saying before that phone call you know there were a few times in my adulthood I had an opportunity to fight um, and and that split nanosecond common sense kicked in mm -hmm. wisdom kicked in this is an ego fight mm -hmm. this isn't for life this isn't for death at the very least I lose my job right um, a little less worse maybe I hurt this person put them in the hospital more than likely we mutually hurt each other mm -hmm. we both go to the hospital we're both injured we both lost our job mm -hmm. come on it ain't worth it so I can't I it's it's it, 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 time distance strategy right it gives you the time to think to have a strategy so I've already made up my mind before I leave this gym there are very few things on planet earth that I'm going to go to blows with someone over that keeps me safe. Moose, heading out now, Coach. God bless you. You guys look good on camera. Thank you. Is that live right now? Are you watching it? Yeah, there's a camera. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like on the security. Nice. Does that get recorded, or is it one time only? No, it's just recorded. We got to figure out how to get it off. Yeah, we got to make some videos for the gym off of that. Hey man, All good right. talking at you. Talking. Yeah, to be continued. I don't know my schedule yet, but just let me know when you're going to be here. Yeah, for sure. Are you on that group thing now? So yeah, I'm on, the, I'm on that group chat, so when you message everybody, I'll message you. We'll have to do this again sometime. But Just about everybody's given up, as you can tell. It's been real thin here the last several weeks. Yeah. Um, I think between work and school, and a few guys just got burned out. Life happens, but... I, I just need somebody to like give me a ride every day, but I'd be here up like, yeah. So yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, people were starting to come in and he had to leave as you could probably hear. Uh, I apologize for some of the noise in the background. We were in the gym and somebody came in and started hitting the heavy bag halfway through. I thought it added a nice ambiance in the background, but... <laughs> If it made it hard to hear, I'm sorry. I'll have to go back and listen to this in a minute. But, yeah, definitely had a great time. And uh, hopefully more things like this to follow. So, hope you enjoyed. And uh, just remember, until next time, if you mind your mind, then your mind won't mind. So mind your mind. Mind. What's up, everybody? I am so happy to be back doing another one of these. I was worried for a minute I wasn't going to see another cage fight for a really long time, but 
Dana White came through, and tomorrow we're going to see UFC 249 from Florida with no crowd. And if you think that's weird, it gets weirder. We're going to get into all of that in a minute. This is Do You Mind MMA Edition. <laughs> 